And sometimes before, you know, like, oh, I've got nothing to say, literally just jump around a little bit. But literally, if you can just get some like physical movement going on, it kind of literally lifts your energy. And then you're in a much more positive space to be able to message and say, hey, I've got nothing to say other than I've just been jumping around like a lunatic trying to get some energy up, you know? Hey, welcome to How to Reboot, the podcast all about how to get a fresh start and reboot your approach to life. I'm Emma Louise, and today we're talking all about relationships with our special guest, Sam Kiani. Before we start, let's get Sam to introduce herself. So I am, well, these days I work as a consultant and a coach. And one of the areas that I specialize in is relationships. And I do that in the context of both personal relationships and also work. I work predominantly with investment banks, helping teams and uh, yeah, be that leadership teams or delivery teams work better together. So yeah, that's just a little snapshot about me. Okay. Amazing. So there's lots that we could talk about today, but we are going to focus on relationships and not necessarily romantic ones, but also everyday relationships. So friends, family, work colleagues, that kind of thing. And looking at how to reboot your relationships, especially in the age of lockdowns and Zooms and the kind of last year and a bit we've all had. So after the last year and a bit, is it fair to say a lot of relationships might have struggled? Well, I think I can speak for personal experience that, yeah, because when we're kind of uh, physically constrained and not able to do the things that we love to do that help to keep us at our best, we kind of end up with less psychological resources, which is a fancy way of saying we just feel like we've got less to give. And in that situation, I mean, even I fall into the habit sometimes of like blaming the people around me for things that I'm feeling that are going on inside myself. (laughs) So I think definitely all this lockdown and confinement has put a lot of pressure on relationships, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. I agree with that as well. So we are going to get on to like some practical tips and bits of advice. But um, one really simple question is, is there anything you'd advise for people who maybe lost contact with a friend or the, you know, the chat on Zoom or WhatsApp or whatever has dwindled out a bit? How do you reach out and make that connection again? Yeah, I think that's a, that's such a good question because something that I recognise that's, that's happened over lockdown is that perhaps we feel like we've got less to say. Perhaps we've become really um, busy, like at work. And so we've fallen down a hole of our own little silo. And then once we get into that kind of little almost like not even a bucket of despair, but like a bucket of lack of contact. It can feel really, really difficult to get out, can't it? But I think the thing to recognise is that if you can do this, it's not really about you. If you can think about just that one thread of connection, that one WhatsApp message, that one phone call, that one reach out, it might really, really help that other person. Because all of us, we're kind of all in this together. And if you're feeling disconnected, you better believe that, you know, the friends and the ones that you love, they're probably also feeling a bit of that as well. I don't think anyone right now is feeling like super connected and like they're totally winning, right? So if we can be the first one to reach out and say, hey, I know I haven't messaged you for absolutely ages, but this is what's going on with me, what's going on with you, I'd love to connect. You know, very few people are going to just bat that away and go, I'm ghosting you. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I really relate to that thing you said about feeling like you haven't got much to say. 
because I have found that and been like, I haven't really got anything to say, but I just kind of want to say hello. And I also have had a bit of a feeling of that first reaching out, you kind of sometimes need a bit of motivation, a bit of a kick up the bum to actually do it. Yeah. Any advice on that? Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And I know something I've been held back by as well is like, I, I really don't want, I really don't want to moan. And sometimes I'm just in that really moany space and I think, oh, I can't reach out because like all I want to do is go, you know, all the bad <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, I don't know if this is going to sound like a little bit bonkers, but we are humans and our mind and our body are one thing. You know, our body is not just a brain taxi. And so sometimes when we, when we feel stuck, it's a really good indicator that we need to take action. And sometimes before, you know, like, oh, I've got nothing to say, literally just jump around a little bit. I would jump around right now, but like I'll knock the mic and then, you know, we'll be in all (laughs) sorts of trouble. But literally, if you can just get some like physical movement going on, it kind of literally lifts your energy. And then you're in a much more positive space to be able to message and say, hey, I've got nothing to say other than I've just been jumping around like a lunatic trying to get some energy up, you know? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That, I mean, I'm going to try that because I think that you're right about everything being connected and getting in the right body space might help you be in the right headspace. Definitely. I really think there's a lot to that. Something I feel like I've learned over this course of lockdown is how being able to be our best, which is so relevant to relationships, right? How we show up, the energy that we bring, it really does come on this foundation of movement, what we eat and also reaching out to people. You know, we can't, we literally can't be at our best if we just, you know, even if we were like eating keto and working out like two hours (laughs) a day, we still wouldn't be at our best if we weren't interacting with others because we're a social species, aren't we? Yeah, of course. I want to pick up on what you just said about how we show up and the energy we bring to our relationships. So this podcast is obviously all about rebooting. And I think especially with relationships that have been going on for a long while, so whether that's romantic or with friends, you kind of might get into a habit of, you know, maybe you're the agony aunt that everyone goes to with their problems, or maybe you're the silly one that everyone always helps with their problems or whatever it might be. Is there, do you think there is value in showing up and rebooting and maybe changing the way you react in a relationship? Well, I think what you're describing uh, a little bit is is where we are. we get, into a role, right? And I think it's it's really, it can be really powerful. You know, I, I quite like to be the one to kind of bring a bit of sunshine into any occasion. But I think if that starts to feel a bit rigid and a bit fixed, you know, like I remember back in my past, you know, I felt like I had to be the life and soul of the party. Mm-hmm. And so in a way that really kind of constrained me, you know, and so I had to reboot that. And yeah. how, and sometimes that can be difficult because people expect you to be the life and soul of the party. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I think it's, it's really important to kind of honour who we really are in that moment, you know, who it is that we really want to be and who we want to become. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, Michelle Obama said it best, didn't she? You know, this process of becoming, you know, the constant change. So back to your question, like, what can you do then to like reboot if you feel a bit stuck in a role? Mm. Well, I think I remember I was saying, listen, I I don't always have to be the one that's the life and soul of the party. Come on, you bring the fun, you know, and and you can kind of um, make it a light thing. It doesn't have to be a heavy thing. 
like, oh, I'm not going to be the agony aunt anymore. It's like, well, you know, I think you give great advice. Come on, you be the agony aunt. Mm. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I think that's great. I think there's something in there about owning it. And, you know, if it's right for you, do it. But if it's not right for you, be honest with people. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, for me, I think about how we show up, it really is about being intentional. And I think that in each situation we could be, if we think about it in advance, we can be quite intentional about what we want to bring to that occasion. And that can differ, right, in different situations. Yeah. Okay. One thing I really wanted to touch on with you today is about love languages. Mm. So I've seen loads of stuff on this on social media for like the last maybe about six months or so. And I think usually it's been only in romantic relationships. But could you tell me a little bit about what they are and um, if you think they should apply to all relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think the five love languages is in actual fact the... um, one of the ninja superpowers of all relationships because the premise is that we all receive love and let me just kind of clarify I guess love when I say love I don't mean the hearts and flowers you know red roses and chocolates love I mean love that is you know genuine interest care and all the good vibes Mm -hmm. that we need very much in the work context for example we all feel that in different ways. Some of us, we get it through words of affirmation. So, you know, oh, you did such a great job, or I really like that about you. Some of us get it through acts of service, you know, like having people do things for us makes us feel really cared for. Mm. Um, One of my friends, and this isn't like a a bad thing. Some people think there's a connotation to it, but, you know, she really is about gifts. Yeah. She's very rounded in her personality. It's not like she's gimme, gimme, gimme. But if you give her even a small gift of like your last Rolo, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or you buy her a coffee, like she loves it. It really means something to her. Yeah. Yeah. so we've covered three so far. Let me see if I can remember all five of them. Um, the other one uh, is physical touch. And it's something that I recognize. It's not like I'm a massive hugger, but touch really does signify importance to me, I guess. Mm. Not just about all the sexy touch, but, you know, hands on the shoulder, like a pat on the back. You know, that really does connect with me somehow. Oh, and then you might have to help me with the, far, the fifth one. Do you know what? It's my main one and it's quality time. If, uh, you know, making the the thing that you can do for somebody who has quality time as their primary love language is just ask them to go for a coffee and just for no other reason than to just connect with them. And that massively boosts the connection, helps them feel that, you know, love basically. So you can imagine like in in work. So the way that I see this is that the five love languages then, if what they're telling us is how people feel the good stuff from us, it's it then gives us the skill to show our good stuff to that person in just the way they receive it. And like, for example, um, uh, so quality time is my top one, but some people like, well, I'll have to give you the example of my husband just because it's uh, such a good one, but he really does like to do things for me. But actually, that 
I mean, it's very nice. and I'm glad that he does that. But it's, of course, quality time that really makes the difference for me. Okay. So okay. when we've clashed in the past, it's because, for example, he'll have done like seven things physically to help me. And he'll say that. He'll say, but I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this all to help you. And I'll go, yeah, that's great. But you know what? I only needed like 10 minutes of your undivided attention. Yeah. That's all I needed. That is, that's really helpful to hear someone with such a clear example of that. Because I think all the stuff on, that I've seen at least on social media about love language is very much like decide you're a gift person and say you're a gift person and just, you know, express that. But actually it is that thing of you have love languages that you speak in as well as that you, you know, hear and feel and want. So it is that reciprocal thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and also it's once you've got the awareness of, you know, what these styles are, they're, they're essentially just preferences. And there are other models of like understanding communi- people's communication preferences. Um, but it's a really good one because you can kind of, in your interaction with them, you can kind of get a sense of what they are. You know, like I, I tried to get my husband to do the test so that I could see what his love languages were. And he's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I can pretty much tell he's words of affirmation because if I just drop him a note, like a handwritten note somewhere or um, the words that I write in his birthday card, I'll now take more care over doing that because I know he's that kind of person, mm. you know. And so I know I'm using him as my example, but, you know, it's the same in a business context. So um, someone who I'm now um, business partnering with, uh, collaborating on a project, that kind of came about because of the quality of the relationship that we built. Mm. Because I realised that he was quality time and words of affirmation. And so I made time to meet with him and I would play in you know it's not being unnatural but it's just rather than doing other things to build relationship with him I know the things that I need to do that are going to help us connect so it really 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 does help in any context okay this is really helpful and I think I think most people like me wouldn't have really applied love languages to relationships that aren't you know love and romantic relationships Building a little bit on, um, we just mentioned business connections, and I want to talk a bit about work relationships. So for a lot of people, the way in which we work has changed at least a little bit, if not a lot, recently. So, you know, colleague relationships and management relationships that might have been very much face-to-face, chatting in person or going to the pub on a Friday night have probably changed a bit. So I wonder if you've got any any advice on keeping those connections and relationships strong when you might be further away or work in a different way? Yeah, I I think, I mean, it's a really good question. And I I also think that, you know, we've been on a real journey, haven't we, through the course of this pandemic. And I feel like right now, certain patterns might have eased, but we're almost at the peak of fatigue. You know, thank goodness for spring and thank goodness for a bit of sunshine to kind of, you know, inject a bit of... um, Uh, you know positivity and a bit more energy but I think it's keeping those connections alive and the challenge is of course is that connecting takes time Mm. and I think the biggest tip I can give is that you have to decide how important it is to you do you value this connection 
Because if you do, you have to make time for it. And I, I used to think that fitting everything into my day that I wanted to was a time management problem. Could just be more efficient. But actually, it, I don't think it is. Now I really think it's about what I value, right? Because I need to do what I value and that's what I need to fill my day with. And so genuinely then, the people that are important to me, I have to find some time to connect with them, be that. I think we don't have to make everything on on um, Zoom these days. Mm. Like it doesn't all have to be video. We, I know WhatsApp has been very easy because um, there's a degree of shielding of intimacy, right? And I think that's one of the reasons why we get scared now to actually speak on the phone because it's so much more intimate. So I think there's something in reclaiming, uh, again, intimacy is a funny word, isn't it? Because we seem to think of it in more sexual connotations, but intimacy as in connection, like deeper connection. So I think if we can pick up the phone and speak to people, (laughs) if we can, um, I mean, I did something that might seem very nerdy, but I actually had a list. So I've got a list got a list of all the people that I want to stay connected to and just in my two slots a week of half an hour because I'm really busy right now I would just call one of those two people oh wow or even whatsapp those people Mm. or make some effort to properly connect and you know two by two by two by two by two sometimes I think that's also why we get stuck because we think to speak to everyone Mm. but we don't we can just you know one person one person a day might even feel like too much but even if you started with one person a week yeah and you just notice how much better that makes you feel that is a really good piece of advice I just want to highlight because a lot of what you've been talking about really has been about being intentional and making time and meaningful connection and I think something as simple as making a list and dedicating half an hour a week even is probably doable for a lot of people, even really busy people, but actually probably would make a huge difference. I'm thinking if I could speak to a friend I haven't spoken to for, you know, three months or something on the phone for half an hour today, that would feel like a big leap from where I am now of being a bit like, oh, it's been ages. I have nothing to talk about because I've just been in my house. <laughs> That's a big difference. Oh, do it. Do it, Emma Louise. Do it. Do it. Because- okay. You know what it was for me? I just got sick of saying, oh, I really miss you. I got mm. sick of writing on WhatsApp, oh, I really miss you. And I thought, you know, I need to do I need to do something about that. So I guess then it's when we pick up the phone, easier in a work context, because usually we've got something work we have to talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. And so injecting a small bit of personal something is easy, right? Yeah. But when you're talking about like those friends that you want to reach out to, but you feel like you've got nothing to say, I think it can be really helpful to just have some questions in your mind. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we think it's about what we're going to say and what we're going to tell them. Yeah. But actually there's nothing more, what's the word? There's nothing that makes someone feel cared for more than showing interest in them. And of yeah. course we show interest through asking questions, don't we? Yeah, a hundred percent. That is, that is really useful as well, actually. Cause I think 
what can be a bit scary is I've got nothing to say, whereas actually you don't necessarily need to say anything. You just need to take an interest and show an interest in what they are doing and what they're thinking and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like um, something else that's that's quite interesting that, I mean, I have to say it's like a practice for me because I'm one of these people that's like, uh, you know, I have to try and slow down because I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to be there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> but like just being in it, like, and sometimes, you know, to just be like, oh man, like, I feel like I've got nothing to say. You know, I'm <laughs> grateful for everything that I've got, but like, I just feel like this. How are you feeling? You know, even that can be the start of sparking like a really good mm. conversation. Okay. Um, that is super helpful. Um, because you've mentioned the word spark, I want to go on a slight tangent. And because all the relationships we've been talking about so far have been about pre-existing relationships. So whether that's friends or colleagues or family. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about starting new relationships. So whether it's romantic or making new friends or, you know, connecting with someone, it can be kind of intimidating. I've read a lot of articles about how it's intimidating to make friends as an adult, whereas when you're younger or when you're a child, you're always around new people and it's you're kind of in situations that are more obvious about like, okay, you, you go off and make a friend. But have you got any advice to people who maybe want to make new connections and build new relationships? Yeah, I I love this. And I think it is such a good question because even before the craziness of the pandemic, you know, lots of people go through these situations as an adult where for whatever reason their their social circle changes. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe um, they have children and the rest of their friends don't. Or maybe all their friends have got children, but they don't. Mm. And so then we're like, oh, my God, when did I last make a new friend? And I think it's just helpful to recognise that um, it's just another form of relationship building. It's a learned skill and it's something we can practice. So it's almost like to take the pressure off that we don't have to be awesome, you know, friend makers overnight. You know, we can just start to develop that over time. Mm hmm. And I think the skills, they come back to everything that we've just been talking about because relationship building comes from, I think, how we show up, right? How comfortable we are with ourselves, who we really are deciding that we want to be, um, and then connecting with other people, showing genuine interest, you know, um, showing genuine interest in someone and listening is just, it's really funny. They sound so simple, but they're like ninja skills of relationship building because we go around in our lives and we're so busy. What we yearn for as humans is connection. And yet we feel like no one's listening. Yeah. So, you know, if you just show genuine interest and listen, that is the spark. And, you know, just like dating, you know, friendship is like non-sexual dating. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> there might be a spark there might not be you know it's not all about you it's about what the chemistry is that you guys make together you mm. know I love the phrase ninja skills by the way I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep that <laughs> ninja skills you can have that yeah <laughs> okay Sam I've got a few questions I'd love to ask you that we've asked all the guests on the podcast so far so the first one is what did you learn from 2020 well yeah the biggest thing I learned from from 2020 um 
I think is just how important it is to look after our physical body. Mm -hmm. That like, it doesn't matter what it is we want to do. It all comes down to how we look after our physical self. And it's the basics of, you know, food, movement, um, sunshine, water, connections with other people. Another question for you is how do you reboot? It's a really good question because actually I I, re, I feel like I need a really major reboot. Um, <laughs> one of the ways that even under tier three I was able to reboot was, um, you know, going for uh, like a, a Russian sauna, which is like the hottest steam bath wow. you've ever been in your life, coupled with an ice bath. And I found that no matter what else I did, that was the thing that really rebooted me. I have like daily practices around kind of like meditation and, uh, you know, movement and what have you, but under this protracted period of restriction at the moment, oh yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with what a real reboot is. It's only, it's only four more, four more weeks until the sauna reopens. (laughs) And in the meantime, uh, it is for me, I think getting outside, getting into a forest, connecting with nature that's the best thing I can do right now as a reboot this whole podcast actually has been full of practical advice but I want to really break it down and boil it down so for people who are looking to reboot their relationships what would you advise them to do today what could they do over the next few weeks and what could they do in kind of the next year or as a long-term change yes so I guess the first thing is I would say deal with your anger Mm deal with your anger, particularly, well, I don't know if this is really true, but I'm a woman and I see how in all relationships, not just romantic, how our anger acts as a block for connection. And we might not be even angry with the other person. We might be angry about other stuff. So what I'd say is the first thing, this might be the thing you have to do over the year, actually, is like deal with your anger, find out underneath anger is what need do you have that is not being met? What need is not being met? And can you find a healthy way to meet that need? You know, and, and it might be that it's a value that's being squashed, but like fundamentally deal with your anger first, murder a pillow, punch, (laughs) kick, (laughs) you have to like get it out so that you can show up with less, less anger. Mm. I think in the shorter term, something that you could do, you could literally do today is start to listen more, put down the phone, don't multitask, literally just listen. And I think Emma Louise, you know, you're somebody who clearly listens. Um, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think if you, if you could develop the ninja skill of listening, that is really going to help you today. Something maybe slightly longer term is... I think about being curious. That'd be the third thing that I'd say, that curiosity. Instead of like, oh my God, that's so annoying. <laughs> or like, <laughs> why on earth would you think that? To just be curious. Oh, interesting that you see things that way. Tell me, tell me, tell me more about how you see things that way. Because particularly if we think somebody's, you know, talking complete nonsense, usually there's information that we just don't know that they have. Mm. So that would be my third thing. Be, be, become more curious. 
those were great. Those are really good tips that I think people can actually, as you say, some of them they can start today, some of them they can start working on and get there in the end. And I definitely am looking forward to murdering a pillow. I'm going to try that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just um, have to sometimes. <laughs> Okay, Sam, before I let you go, where can we find you on socials? Oh, yeah. So you can find me on um, Instagram, uh, underscore uh, inspired.world. And from there, through the link in my um, profile, you can find everything that I've ever done. Okay, that is perfect. Massive thank you to Sam. That was some really helpful advice there. As always, it'd be great to know what your favourite bits from that episode were. You can let us know on Instagram at howtoreboot. That is the last episode of series one. So thank you so much for checking out this first series of How To Reboot. We'll be back soon chatting to some more experts all about how to give your life a little reboot. We've got lots of things in mind, but if there's any topics you'd like us to cover, please let us know. We are How To Reboot on Instagram. Until next time, I've been Emma Louise. You can find me on socials at I am Emma Lou. And our producers have been Mike Swain and Beth and Taylor Swain for Loki Audio. They're on Instagram at It's Low Key Audio. Catch you next time. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud.